Gentlemen, welcome to episode seven. We are covering game week nine and ten. As usual, I'm joined by Andre and Tom for a comprehensive look back at two eventful game weeks with lots of twists and turns. Tom, I have to say firstly, thank you for hosting our Interlal bonus pod. There are a few managers out there who need to calm down their high scoring if I'm going to ever catch Andre in this little mini league of predictions. <laughs> it was oh, a pleasure. I really enjoyed it. I thought I thought it was uh, it was nice to do something during an international break where I was certainly climbing up the walls waiting for for FPL to come back. Um, and uh, yeah, really enjoy giving a shout out to every member of the the no cash no code family. No, it was really good. It was really good. And thanks to Nick as well for pulling together um, a scoring league, so we will know forevermore that my predictions are not worth the paper they are written on. Um, Andre, to you, there are a few certainties we can all count on. One of them is George Johnson winning the October Manager Month. <laughs> can we add to these certainties George Johnson finishing 29th in the November race to one of those things we can now expect every year? Uh, you are the data stats guy, but I am pretty certain this is two for two on Johnson being Mr. Not November. So we'll, we'll delve into that a little bit later. Into the I'm sure. Yes. Um, and yeah, thank you for the shout out. I, I should have done the same as well. Nick, Nick, great work. Uh, for those who have now, well, you've all had the chance to listen to our uh, analysis pod. So we will uh, send out Nick's table, the Apple mentioned, so you can see how much I'm crushing. Jeff. I mean, uh, see how our predictions are doing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, 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 yes. It's still early doors yet. We've got, we've, you know, there's some people who maybe have used that as a bit of motivation. I'd like to think they've used it as motivation. I'd like to think I somehow some way tenuously to thank for their impressive starts of the season but let's focus on the week at hand or at least the previous two weeks at hand okay I wanna, well I guess I was going to say I want to kick things off um, what do you think Andre is a good place to start Let's go over to you, actually. Let's have you start with the team of the week. But uh, no, before that, we should probably remind everyone what actually happened in that week. So, Tom, can you let us remind us all where we were? Super smooth intro, chaps. Uh, so, game week nine. <laughs> uh, game week nine was... We, we talked in the first few weeks of the season how mad the Premier League had got. I think by now we really have settled back into the norm. Game week nine was the week of clean sheets. Um, they've been at a, uh, certainly been hard to find for defenders um, in the first nine weeks of the season, but there were eight teams that kept a clean sheet in game week nine. Um, those who moved away from their Spurs players were punished. Uh, they obviously had a really tough run of fixtures, but they beat City pretty comprehensively 2-0. Um, Salah was out with some COVID, uh, but Liverpool still thumped Leicester. And Super Diego Jota scored again. Um, and Arsenal and Leeds played out one of the more entertaining nil-nil draws um, that we might see this season. The game week average was 55, pretty high for a game week average. Um, and it was a very strong showing from no cash, no code with only four players below the average line. So plenty of points out there. Um, and uh, interested to see, therefore, Jeff, who has won um, uh, Team of the Week. Well, thanks, Tom. So this is a, this was 
always going to be a little bit of a difficult one because some of the big scorers didn't do what we expected them to do. You mentioned the fixtures there, clean sheets all over the place. Uh, very few managers actually managed to get the right side of all of these different fixtures and, you know, some were clearly very tight to call. So usually I'd go through all the nominees, you know, the also rounds, the ones who kind of came close but didn't quite make team of the week. But I want to use my allotted time because we don't often get to do this to, um, to hear from the winner of team of the week. Um, he also played a wild card this week. So why don't we just take this opportunity to go live to Andre. Well done. Game week nine, team of the week. Oh, geez. Let's talk about uh, thank wild you. card. <laughs> So, uh, okay. As you uh, scramble wait, before around we do for your that, notes, <laughs> what? I am so long ago. You <laughs> your transfers. Thank as you. you fluster and fumble, <laughs> listener, we did not rehearse this bit, um, or so, any of the podcast. Clearly, <laughs> the listener knows. The listener so, is well aware. <laughs> Tom, you can help me through this. Out goes Nyland. So, in in total, the. Um, how goes Nyland, Tierney, Mitchell, Robertson, Bissouma, Salah, Son, Podence, Lookman, Adams, and Kane, all getting the boots. And I know we'll want to come back and talk about some of those outs in a second. But in came for Andre's wild card, first wild card of the season, uh, Forster, Bellerin, a shout we, we don't see that often, Kufal, rising up the ownership stakes week in, week out, Kilman doing the same thing over at Wolves. Bruno Fernandes, Mane, Grealish, Ziyech, Jota, Calvert-Lewin, and Watkins. The only people to survive the big Andre wildcard call were McCarthy, Chilwell, and Justin. I've missed one transfer, which was Brewster in for Jimenez. Andre, Thank first you. question. Yes. What were your plans for the wildcard? Who were you building this around? Who did you really want to get into your team? You have really thrown a spanner in the No Cash, No Code podcast works. And um, full disclosure, so it's been a couple of weeks, and I, that was a good week, obviously. Thank you very much for the uh, the award. I, I followed it with a terrible week uh, in my eyes anyway, and so I kind of wiped this one from memory, so it's nice to remind myself. 82 uh, points, was not my, bad. It's not bad, not bad. Um, uh, what was I building my team around? Well, that was the week of... Um, Salah COVID, which meant everyone was reaching for what's the plan going to be, um, which was the, the catalyst I was kind of waiting for, but also a turn in fixtures that we were all talking about. Man City coming, we'll talk about that one uh, when we talk about next week. Uh, building my team around, I don't think that's really what I was thinking. A bit of a shuffle at the back with Bellerin for Tierney because of his assist rate, which worked for a little while. Um, Chilwell versus TAA or any of the uh, Liverpool defenders was becoming ridiculous, quite frankly. And mostly my wild card is eating humble pie. I've had no Grealish. I've had no Calvert-Lewin. I've assumed that this is never going to happen. They're not going to be able to continue their streets. And this was more of me saying, okay, I get it. Um, I, I'm not right. Get off my high horse of uh, lonely being wrong at the bottom of the table. And it was a nice little bump, but yeah, short-lived. Um, it's a nice to rise at the table, though. It's nice to win the award. I, I wouldn't say build around. I, I think if I was going to talk tactics, which we never do, I wanted a certain amount of big-hitting uh, midfielders. Um, okay. My plan had been, I can fully disclose this because I got it wrong, my plan had been that Zich would turn into KDB uh, for the next week, and I kept the money in the bank on my wildcard to do exactly that. Mm -hmm. 
And then for some reason, as we'll get to later, I absolutely screwed the pooch and bottled that transfer. But that was what the plan was. The plan was to build a team to get KDB in, um, which so, worked incredibly yeah. well until I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> you had Bruno Fernandes, Mane, Enziet, and Grealish in your midfield alongside Jota. This is seeming to be the year of the big midfield, Tom. Um, when you've looked at... Did you look at Game Week 9 fixtures as well when you put this together? Andre? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, for me, a wild card is probably what six, seven, eight weeks I'm looking at, um, and where I want to rotate, where my captains would be. It's rare for me to try and plan a transfer in advance mm-hmm. and to keep money in the bank. Um, I'm, I'm really kicking myself in hindsight because you're right. It's the year of the big midfield, and if I was now sitting here with the midfield I'd planned, which would now be Bruno, Mane, KDB, Grealish, Jota, I'd be thinking life's pretty sweet right now because that's where the points come in from overall. So, Tom, what do you reckon? Uh, a wild card to clinch team of the week, but no longer. So, jumping off the Kane bandwagon, Kane and Son out. Um, is he bucking a trend, or is he the first to realise that Son has set? I think. I think the the teams Lovely. over the last few the teams the teams over the last few weeks have become more and more similar. I think everyone's brought Fernandez. Generally, everyone's brought Fernandez and KDB in. The question is going to be what people do with Salah having taken him out for COVID and whether they can get him back in now. But I think the Spurs double the Spurs double up is the big differential between the teams in the league at the moment. Um, so I, I've still got them both. Um, and every week think that I'm going to take at least one out and, and haven't ended up doing so. Um, the, the, they obviously playing Arsenal this week, who, as, as Andre won't want to be reminded, are not exactly flying at the moment. So you wouldn't necessarily say that's as hard a fixture as it might have been in previous years. Um, but those who have taken them out have obviously been able to replace them with people from City, particularly who who will come on to had a very good week last week. So mm-hmm. I, I think it'll be it'll be the big game changer over the next few weeks. Those who've got Son and Kane are either going to fly, continue to fly up the league, or they may, may find themselves slipping down. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. So, so Andre, you might be the first to abandon the Son and Kane uh, bandwagon. Let's see, let's see how that works out for you. But why don't we? Um, stop stop uh, fanning your ego about your Game Week 9 wildcard. <laughs> um, you can pick her up here for the Game Week 9 Pick of the Week. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, and I'm feeling much more elated on this podcast than I was, podcast than I was expecting to be. Uh, pick was difficult, actually. A bit of a tough one. As um, Tom gave us on the roundup, you had the clean sheets. It was a lot of big hitters, and a lot of well-known, well-owned players um, that produced, and a lot of wildcards, uh, myself included, meaning that the teams were starting to gravitate towards the same place, only a couple of differentials, and we all know to win pick of the week around these parts, you need to be a little bit different. As I mentioned earlier, Salah's injury, uh, COVID rather, was a catalyst for change. Um, 11 people, 11 managers brought in Bruno, not owned Bruno, brought in Bruno uh, for game week nine and his penalties. 13 of them captained him, 22 points. Bosh, thank you very much. He was one of many choices that were good that people made. There were a lot of sun owners for those 10 points. Um, there were the Jota 9 that you mentioned earlier, um, a bandwagon, I believe, that was being driven by Tom Maxwell. It makes it kind of hard when everyone's got those points to pick a, a, a pick of the week. 
personally, my tiebreaker is normally I go to the captains. I go to see who got their captain calls right when everyone's teams are looking pretty good. The captain choice was supposed to be between, is it going to be a Liverpool asset? We had a couple of people who went with Mane. Is it going to be Bruno and those big points that he got? The actual correct answer was DCL. A bit of a differential, which is rare for him since he's in everyone's teams. So that's the right pick. Well played to Kinder, Jeff Moy and Pod's own Jeff Brown. 26 points. Fantastic for a captain. That's uh, Kinder, Jeff Moy, Jeff Brown. That's three. That's one too many to be in contention for pick of the week, unfortunately. So I'm now scratching around trying to find a differential because all the big hitters have scored. I'm looking for a differential. So where do I go? I look at Corky. I look at Ali Maxwell. Corky. Bellerin, nine. Strong. One other manager uh, was a Bellerin owner. Ali Maxwell, Leno, an Arsenal goalkeeper. That's a rarity. Ten points. Only Jez May can, uh, can match that one. They both were Leno owners. That's two. But there is a name that was a shock to me as a differential and a high point scorer. Highly owned in game week one, barely owned now. Robertson from Liverpool scored 12 points in game week nine and was only owned by Bob Cavalieri and Jeff Moy. 12 points is definitely enough. Uh, the real answer, though, is DCL. DCL is the obvious answer for pick of the week. And so with Jeff Moy owning DCL and owning Robertson, congratulations, Jeff Moy. You are the winner of pick of the week. Andre said Jeff Moy has won an award. That happened. That's brilliant. Well done, Jeff Moy. I think, and I'm not 100% on this, um, listener write in if I'm wrong on this one, I think that's Jeff's first award of this season. On my watch, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, All right. I think that's definitely, um, that's definitely a, a pod of first then. Your first award of the season, Andre. And now, Jeff, you giving one to Jeff Moy. Let's turn, let's turn things around a little bit. Tom, can you bring us back down to earth with some hurt? Um, so actually, there wasn't as much hurt in game week nine as one might have liked. Um, and so it was a little bit tricky to find anything. I've got a couple, a couple of nuggets for you. So the real hurt of the week is going to go to Jeremy May. <laughs> Um, who uh, made an interesting decision um, to take out two Chelsea players and replace them with two Chelsea players. Um, so he, he took out Werner and Jorginho, um, who obviously isn't playing much at the moment, and replaced them with Ziyech, who obviously a lot of people have, have jumped on that bandwagon, and Tammy Abraham. Tammy Abraham, who has, has really nabbed that spot up front for how long, given Oli Giroud's four-goal madness in the Champions League in midweek, who knows? But Tammy Abraham has been starting up front and been doing very well. So you can see why he brought him in. Um, the strange decision was then to leave Tammy Abraham on the bench. Um, oh. Jeremy, who actually scored 75 points in game week nine, and so was only seven points behind um, the the wild card of, of Andre Clark um, generally had a really really good week so it's almost a bit harsh to give him this but I, I was scrambling around for something um, he left Tammy on the bench Ziet got three points uh, for him on the pitch Werner outscored him um, who he'd removed Jorginho obviously didn't play but Tammy got the goal and all the bonus points so that was nine points he left on his bench so basically Ouch. he's 
he's, he's used his two free transfers to switch two Chelsea players, uh, one of whom scored less points than the other, and the other who did get the big haul was left on the bench. So that was, that was some hurt. But um, my, the, I always like to look a bit further back for these things, as you know, if I'm struggling. And Johnny Sapsford has really caught my eye this week. Um, Johnny had a really good start to the season. Uh, game week six, he was in the top half of the league. Since then, I'm afraid it has gone badly wrong. Game week seven um, to game week 10, he has taken 20 points worth of hits. That is a week after using his wild card. Um, so clearly the wild card hasn't, hasn't quite gone to plan with him. 20 points worth of hits. Yeah, so he's, he's, he took four-point hit in game week seven, eight-point hit in game week nine, and eight-point hit in game week ten. Um, he really doesn't like then, the team. And then if you dive into who he's replaced, so game week seven, Castagna out for Diaz. Diaz, good, good transfer in, six points that week. He obviously got a clean sheet last week as well. But the real, I mean, the real killer, he took out uh, Grealish and replaced him with James Rodriguez in game week seven. Now, as we know, James has barely been seen despite being on the pitch for the last four weeks. Um, my, my, my belief that, that James is great when the, the going's good and bad when the chips yeah. are down is really coming, coming to bear. Grealish has scored 32 points to James's six in the last four game weeks since he took him out. So that's wow. a 20-point hit plus a 26-point differential between two players. Game week eight... Um, he took Mitchell out for Bellerin. Bellerin scored one point in game week eight. Uh, Mitchell didn't play. So um, that, that was okay. He didn't take a hit for that. But then in game week nine, inexplicably, he took Bellerin out a week later for Vestergaard. As we know, Bellerin hauled with nine, Vestergaard two. He replaced Salah, covid Salah with Fernandez. So he did get 11 points from that. But he gave those 11 points back by removing Wilson for Watkins. As we know, Watkins in the last two game weeks has scored two points after his zero in game week 10. And Wilson, obviously, a week later, hauled for 12 points. So, tough that. Game week 10, just a touch on it. I know we're still on game week nine. He replaced um, Robbo, Robinson, Salah and DCL all came in for Trent, Zaha and Kane. That was an eight-point hit, and between the three of them, they scored him eight points. Um, so he's he's basically level par for that as well. So it's just been it's been four weeks of hurt that has seen Johnny go from one point two million in the world to two point eight million in the world, um, and his team have lost point uh, three million in that period of time through those transfers as well. Johnny, stay with us. That is brutal. Right? <laughs> Someone reach out to Johnny and make sure he's all right. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, oh, so yeah, not not, nope. not 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 what you want when you're taking. I mean, as a man who loves to take a hit, don't get me wrong. Um, <laughs> you know, l- love the chasing, but uh, not not gone to plan. I think it's fair to uh, say yeah. that if if your team ever catches Tom Maxwell's eye, you've done something <laughs> wrong. <laughs> I mean, when it comes to her, there is there is no one better at dishing out. I really struggled this week, and then there is just a surgical attack on this poor man. <laughs> what what um, you really want? What you really want is if you're thinking, "Oh God, Tom might pick up on something that I've done over the last few weeks." What you really need is for someone to really obviously be the hurt of the week award, and then yeah. I don't look any further. <laughs> I will bear that in mind. Um, do we have any other business before we move on to the next week? Not for me. 
I, I've got a little. Um, uh, you know, we've actually talked about this, Tom. Um, I'm not sure where this guy is. I have sent an email out. I know he's alive, uh, but I haven't had a response to find out what is going on in the world of Freddie Jones. Freddie Jones, and listener, if you haven't had a chance to look at his team, please do. I know it's towards the bottom end of the table, but there is something very strange going on with Freddie. Game week one, he opened the season with Aubameyang as captain. Many a person did. We all fell for some nonsense that Arsenal might be somewhere above poor. Alva captain, and he has gone with the strangest of vice captains. His vice captain is a goalkeeper, McCarthy, who's had a very good season, and he's in my own team. That's game week one, Aubameyang captain, doesn't go particularly well. Game week two, Aubameyang. Game week three, Aubameyang. Game week four, he's had enough. Aubameyang is out. In comes Salah and takes the armband straight away. Salah has held the armband every single game week since game week four, including game week nine when Salah had COVID. Now, the, the gods are in Freddie's side because we, we noticed this anomaly that not only does he have a Salah in his starting lineup, and this is an active manager. He made a very sensible transfer in game week nine, out went TAA, in came Chilwell, a very logical move. Many of us did the same, but he still left Salah on the pitch in the starting lineup, going out for the coin toss with COVID, spreading it around really nearly. His vice captain then steps up to the plate. McCarthy gets a clean sheet. I, I want to say it's brilliant, but I'm also very annoyed because I'm not sure how this guy is playing the game. So I will keep you posted, listener, to find out what Freddie is up to. But this kind of um, weird oh. vice captaincy behavior needs to be investigated. I missed this. Can I, right. Can I, can <laughs> I just jump Go in on, there Tom. and Go make... On, make uh, Andre made one mistake there. Alex McCarthy did not keep a clean sheet. That's what makes this even more extraordinary. McCarthy conceded oh. a goal. It was one all in the game, but he got three bonus points and he made a load of saves. It's the first time uh. I think I've ever seen a goalkeeper not save a penalty and score seven points despite conceding a goal. It was that extraordinary. Was laziness in, in looking at the numbers. I saw the seven and just assumed, yes, you are right. It was truly extraordinary. How dare he get 14 points from his vice captain goalkeeper so uh, for good. that week? It's, uh, it's the first the... time we've been... Do you remember we used to do better, be, better to be lucky than good as a, as a regular staple? It's lovely to have it back. And the, and the only other thing I was going to mention is if he switched it round and left it with McCarthy as captain and Aubameyang as vice captain, I reckon McCarthy's outscored Aubameyang this season, so he probably would have done all right. I feel that was a dig at the same time as being factually correct. Um, <laughs> one other note for you, and this is one to watch. This is one for, for, for Maxwell to keep an eye on. Um, he's going to get some mention later on, I'm sure, in this pod, but... Colin Dash, Colin currently foot of the table, Dash. Colin, I listened to your podcast. It's now motivated me. I'm coming for you, Dash. Um, he has, in game week nine, he's played a bit of an ad-day. He's gone for the double goalkeeper, which is becoming less and less popular around these parts. <laughs> he scored 19 points with his goalkeepers. He didn't go for the Jeff Brown, one goalkeeper that you're not even sure is actually in the game and one that's playing. He went with two playing goalkeepers, 19 points between them, Pope 10, Fabianski 9. It's not a big difference, but it's still going to bug you a little bit when you pick the wrong one out of those two. I'm not sure how sustainable that is in terms of stress levels, having two goalkeepers of that level. The previous week, 15 and 9. I mean, his keepers are racking up points, but one of them just doesn't count every single week. So it's one to keep an eye on in my opinion. I'm looking forward to seeing his bench boost and let's hope he picks the right week. <laughs> 
the first bench boost where the captain, where the goalkeeper's the guy leading the charge. Anyway, it. that's it for it. any other business for game week nine, which is a nice time for us to take a small break, listen to a tune and be back with game week 10. Gentlemen, welcome back to the second part of a bumper podcast uh, for No Cash, No Code. We are on to game week 10. Um, And to set the scene, uh, there were two major questions for managers in game week 10. A, do I get Salah back post his COVID break? And B, how many City players can I get into my team as they take on Burnley at home? Um, in the end, those that left Salah out were relieved as his disallowed goal left him with just six points as Liverpool slipped up against Brighton. City did the business, scoring five past Burnley for the fourth time in a row at the Etihad. But Sterling owners were left fuming thanks to Pep Roulette. Cavani saved United against Southampton and the final game, week, uh, final game of the week saw West Ham somehow beat Villa in what is now known as the Freddie Williams derby. Uh, Freddie Williams, the owner of six players from West Ham and Aston Villa. Um, So it was a cracking week. It wasn't a particularly high-scoring week, this one. The average was 44. There was a big difference between the top and the bottom of no cash, no code. Um, So, Andre, why don't you take us away with team of the week? Great intro, and as you said, low scoring. Um, so many just cut straight to the chase. We have three managers that were not low scoring in what was a very tough week. We have three that have put up a 60 burger. We have Pod's own Tom Maxwell uh, with a score of check screen quickly 68. Uh, Wilson's 12 points on the first night. A tad fortuitous, uh, but then the KDB captain rounded out a very good team with Jota being the jewel in your crown since you were the first in our league to get him overall. Um, so that's 68 for Tom. Yeah, we also had a 60 odd from 61 uh, from Steve Hill. Steve, I tried it. Sorry, you're Stephen Hill. Apparently, only us and his mum call him Stephen. Uh, so I thought I'd give it a go that we call him Steve Hill, but no, it doesn't fit. Sorry, Stephen Hill. You're saying a Stephen Hill. <laughs> I was about right, to anyway. you. <laughs> No, no. He, <laughs> I intentionally thought I'd try it, and it just doesn't, doesn't sound right. Doesn't, you are Stephen Hill. Uh, Stephen Hill put up a very strong 61. Surprisingly, one of his high scorers uh, is a player that I would think is so Tom Maxwell, but Tom does not own Jack Grealish, and Stephen does. Um, the other person to put up a decent score in the 60s. 60 on the nose, Ali Maxwell. But Ali's team, as I'm sure is going to be mentioned later, was quite dependent on one player. And I've got team of the week this week. So Ali is discounted. It is a straight head-to-head between Tom Maxwell with the highest score and Stephen Hill. This is team of the week. It is not player of the week. Interestingly, one person benefited tremendously from his captain in KDB. One person didn't benefit quite so much with Vardy. And as this is team and not pick of the week, nah, I'm joking. Even with that caveat, I can't take it away from Tom as much as I'd love to find some kind of hair to split. Tom Maxwell is comfortably, even when I did the, uh, even when I did the, uh, the deleting of captains, he still comes out ahead. And no matter which way you splice it, 
Tom Maxwell is Team of the Week. He will not be getting a Team of the Week interview from me, but well done, Tom, <laughs> on Team of the Week. Thank you, mate. I think the, the, big, the big game changer for, for Stephen was Cancelo. I, I, I was talking about Pet Roulette in the intro. Cancelo yes. was a big miss for a lot of people. I mean, so many would have brought him in specifically for this little run of games they've got now. And uh, him on the bench, Kufal came in for him for only two points. I think, you know, a clean sheet for, for Cancelo and he would have been past me. Exactly that. It was that small a margin, but well done you. Uh, a solid team, a solid um, couple of weeks in a row for you, which I'm sure we'll get to later. But now, um, I guess, what did you see? Um, you obviously sp- spotted Steve, still not working, Stephen's um, uh, unfortunateness. Who was lucky? Who picked well? So, um, if I'm honest, pick of the week, not terribly exciting this week, um, purely because there aren't that many big differentials across the league now. Um, a lot of the teams have, have sort of reverted to the, the big three or four. Um, the Bamfords of this world are in plenty of teams. Um, you know, there, there are three or four, six point something million strikers. Everyone's got one of them. Um, so, fewer differentials flying around. Uh, it's just which ones to pick that, that is keeping those at the top at the top and those at the bottom at the bottom. There were three standout double-figure scores from people that are not particularly highly owned. Um, you mentioned Wilson there. I can't give it to him because uh, he's owned by only two players, myself and Bob, but those 12 points, however fortuitous they may have been, um, were, were very nice, particularly given he was injured the week before and now he's out with the, uh, with the COVID Newcastle game. So those 12 points are good. Um, Tom Everett is the only man who had an 11-point goalkeeper. Um, he has stuck with West Brom uh, despite them previously having had such a weak defensive record. But Johnston has done him extremely well. Um, and his 11 points uh, would usually have been enough, given he's the only owner. But you mentioned Ali Maxwell. Ali Maxwell, the only man in the league to own Riyad Mahrez, a guy who all of us will have had in our fantasy team one time or another. He's always good for a haul once a season. We know he yeah. gets rotated in and out. But Zahn's picked exactly the right week to have him in. 21 points. Um, was uh, nine more than even the next best in the league. Um, it's a spectacular effort and one that took him to a fantastic game week along with his KDB pick as well. Um, so Ali Maxwell, the brother, he is very much getting pick of the week. Very much. I mean, that was a two-man team. 41 points from two players uh, and 60 <laughs> overall. It was, I mean, he, like you said, it was all about can you get your Man City players in or do you make a cardinal sin and choose not to in the end? And he got that completely right. So, yeah, congratulations, mate. Well it's, played, Ali Maxwell. When, do you, when, is, when is the annual Mares party? If, like, this feels a bit early. I feel like there might be a second one. Maybe sometime in the spring, another Mares kind of like blowout for, for a hat They got, trick they got Fulham, Fulham at home this week, so it could come again, <laughs> back to back, if he gets to play. If he gets to play, exactly. This That's is the big one, isn't it? Mahrez, so isn't it? He is the second most transferred in player, in, not in our league, we can't see that yet, so, but globally, he's the second most transferred player in, and that is the Mares manoeuvre. As soon mm. as he is relied on by that many people, you can guarantee uh, and Mr Sterling is going to be the guy who gets to play and gets all the points. Now I've said that out loud, Mahrez is going to come and crush us, but anyway, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's going to hurt when that happens. Over to you, Jeff. 
Okay, so um, nicely done, by the way. Uh, we're getting better Lovely. at these segues. After <laughs> <laughs> you shut down by Maxwell in the first half, yeah. <laughs> that was clumsy. <laughs> okay, let's talk about some hurts. Now, um, game week 10 hurt. The, there's a little bit dotting around. Um, I'm going to go back to some classic hurt from, from yesteryear or days gone by which is bench hurt so um there are a few people i spotted who had some points lying around on the bench and usually i wouldn't really focus too much on points lying on the bench um but in these two cases they actually impact where they are in the league so the first one up is john missouri now john missouri left dallas uh dallas on the bench and those eight points would have actually helped him maintain his position above will deboose who has overtaken him by four points so a little bit of hurt there in the way of those eight points that Dallas couldn't bring. Nick Mick, another one. He would have stayed in seventh had he gone with Chil- Chiswell, Chiswell, Chilwell instead of Kanza. Now, those eight points that Chilwell sitting on the bench gave him um, is one more than the gap. He has now fallen behind Tom Kane in the league. So little a couple of little bits there um there is a wider bit of pain happening towards the bottom of the league and and that's something um which i can only imagine is going to grow now the way things are going so after game week nine there were two managers who sat at the bottom more than 100 points off first place that group is now seven managers strong so there are seven managers who are now sitting at game week 10 or after game week 10 shall we say who are now more than 100 points away from first place Finally, I have some very specific hurts. Okay, so we've done okay. some bench hurt. We've done some, <laughs> some group hurt. This is the final one. So this is hurt that I suppose it's not really about one player you missed out on or one decision made badly, but a total scoring 32 points for a game week is not quite the lowest we have. But Noel and the aforementioned Colin posted 32 points for their game week tens. Now, in Noel's case, it was it was really a case of two transfers. So he he brought in Salah and Jota in an attempt to gloss over, you know, what was a horrifically scored week from the rest of his team. But he, in order to make those transfers, he had to let KDB go, who scored 10 points. And he also had to burn another four points to get Zaha out of the way in order to, to fund this Salah and Jota move. So 14 points out the window, in comes Salah and Jota, 15 points later, he's one point better off than he would have been. The rest of the Marshall team managed 15 points between nine players. A group, and this is what really hurts, 15 points between, between nine players, a group that includes Kane, Son, Werner and Ziyech. So Mr. Marshall will be very disappointed with the return on his game week 10 team. Now, Colin, only one transfer. Thielman's in for Suchek. Uh, this was really... That a has to be the on. only time that's been said. <laughs> what a transfer. <laughs> I know, right? A good, solid Thielman. like <laughs> midfield workhorse. Rarely seen in fantasy teams. Um, I'm waiting for the first Fabinho of uh, the No Cash, No Code squads. <laughs> <laughs> or a good solid Kante. Thielmans, good to know that, um, you know, uh, there's faith in more industrious midfielders. Uh, he's, he comes in for Suchek. Now, this was Pep Roulette going wrongly for 
before Colin. Captain Sterling didn't play. Neither did Jorginho at Chelsea. That meant vice-captain Son really had to step up to the mark, and we know he didn't because he was busy attracting all of the attention of all of the Man City defenders for the entire game. So Son puts up three points, and the rest, uh, and the other auto sub I need to talk about actually was Brewster. Our friend Brewster, who has some incredible ownership stats across the league. (laughs) Sheffield United's very own Brewster. And that would have been a perfect auto-sub if this was an under-17 European Championship. In fact, it was a Premier League game, so he didn't do anything. (laughs) Which we all know. Actually, you know, while we're in Wikipedia Corner, um, which I'm going to start calling this after my (laughs) echo, Brewster is actually another one from from London. He's a a Chadwell Heath native. Um, He's actually still eligible to play for either Turkey by his Cypriot Turkish mother or Barbados by his father, despite having appeared in the 17 Championship for England. Um, just a little side note there for those of you who care oh, wait, about such things. Hold on, let me, let me just check that. So, yep, that is right. So our only Barbasian in the league uh, <laughs> is a Brewster owner. Colin is a very much uh, from that neck of the woods. Amazing. And from that same part of North London, actually. So they're yeah. probably mates. Which <laughs> describes Colin teams. That means Ainsley, Mate and Niles and Brewster are two of his friends. That's basically why he has them in his squad and why he's last. But anyway, I don't know. he's last. <laughs> Exactly. So, so that's, that's the story of Collins 32. It's still four points better than the all-time low of the season. Jezza May, 26 points in his infamous game week four when he left 15 on the bench, is yet to be beaten. But that is my hurt of the week for game week 10. Could I, um, could I just add, add a little more hurt to me? Please, Tom. Sorry. Yes, I was going to ask you to come in on this one, Tom. Yes. So... So I, I know that um, it's not my turn to do Hurt of the Week, but I picked up on this whilst doing it for game week nine and it, it, it came true again in game week 10. Let's go back to the start of the season to Noel. Uh, and we're just going to oh, wow. <laughs> quickly, quickly talk through some of his uh, in, defensive, his defensive decisions. <laughs> so uh, the first two game weeks of the season, he left Mitchell on his bench and Mitchell got clean sheets both weeks. Game week three, he couldn't leave him on the bench any longer. So he went four at the back. Uh, Cody got minus one and his first sub was Suchek, who scored six. Game week four, he kept four at the back. Robbo and Trent both got minus ones. Suchek got three points as his first sub on the bench. Game week five, he wildcarded and had a monster week, 82 points, um, including three defenders who scored four between them. Um, Kilman on his bench with 12. Uh, game week six, Carl Walker-Peters has come into the team. He's left on the bench for a clean sheet. Game week seven, uh, total defence scored seven points. Lamptey on the bench scored nine. Uh, game week eight, uh, he did very well. Three clean sheets from his defenders, but they were all outscored by his first sub, Suchek, who had nine. Game week nine, Lamptey red card, minus one, A-link clean sheet on the bench. Game week 10, the Pièce de Résistance, total defence and goalkeeper, four points, A-link clean sheet on the bench. Wow. I mean, I feel like... Nobody does hurt like Tom. (laughs) Nobody does hurt like Tom. The grandmaster of hurt. That is wonderful. (laughs) 
Oh, uh, random first you know. Um, oh. uh, that is amazing. I've actually, I, I, I'm breaking the wall here. I've actually just messaged him that he has to listen. He's a listener anyway. But he is one of the most uh, abusive managers in the league uh, in terms of my own team and my failings this year. So I've, I've really enjoyed that one. <laughs> Thank you oh, very I love much. That, Tom. Uh, Tom, that as well. Um, well, if it wasn't bad one... enough putting up 32 in a game week to know that this has been a this has been a boulder that's been rolling slowly slowly ever more towards these scores <laughs> <laughs> he oh, has fallen it would seem uh, we have one more bit of business uh, to take care of. Today we are recording uh, in December, which means we have cleared the month. So the month of November is over. Uh, we have a manager of the month. I was it's not George Johnson. At- I know <laughs> it's George Johnson. He's 29th in November. Johnson. I mean, George. Come on now. Uh, it is not George Johnson. Um, the manager of the month race actually was, was fairly interesting. There was a lead uh, going into the last uh, week, which uh, is obviously going to be the case. Um, we had a gentleman at the top who had a small gap over names that he doesn't really want chasing him. The very streaky Everett, who was top of the league, nearly out of the league, in out, shaking all about, uh, is on a good streak and was going into the last uh, last weekend, 15 points off the top. Uh, we also had a Freddie Williams in contention for manager of the month, as he always is. Often a bridesmaid for manager of the month, so, but he gets them every single month. Uh, the winner, <laughs> well... He got team of the week to put the month to bed. Like he even flirted with the number one spot until literally the final kicks of the game of the game week overall. So um, some of my negativity on team of the week was because I knew I had to go this <laughs> and I really didn't want to overbuild him. Hence the lack of interview for team of the week. Podcast's very own Mr. November on Flambe, Tom Maxwell is a comfortable, comfortable winner of manager of the month tom how are you doing sir much better uh been looking forward to this pod for the last week if i'm honest um <laughs> new, new baby arrived uh between game weeks nine and ten um and i just had to say to the wife look you know i'll be around but i really do need to focus on this this is this is the most important <laughs> thing to happen in the next three or four days um and then once we're once we're in December, I'm all yours. But uh, but just let me focus. And she did. It was good of her. Gave me a few hours a, a day just to, to really focus on it. Um, but no, it was it was uh, it was going into that last game, Villa Villa West Ham, and Fred. I think was forty odd points behind me, but had six players playing. Um, and I was watching from behind the sofa when Grealish was trying to tee off tee up Watkins every five minutes, and he kept missing, and then he missed the pen. Um, but no, thrilled and lovely to be competing uh, at the at the right end of the table for a change. Well, Jeff kind of threw us with his uh, impromptu interview of me, but we are going to roll back time. We do normally do an interview of Manager of the yeah. Month, and I have prepared a couple of questions for you. Uh, Jeff, I didn't warn you in advance, but feel free to jump in. So, uh, going back to what you just said, the last day of the month, what were you thinking in that game week? Are you thinking, I'm top of the table, let's cement, let's go for this title, let's defeat Freddie, and then I can play golf with him with a smile on my face? Or were you thinking, let's just take the cash, let's win this week, let's win this month, um, and, and let's run to the bank with that one. What, what was your priority final game week? 
So it spent, I spent all week back and forth on that um, and came to the conclusion that there were too many players within 10, 15 points of me to be able to try and beat one individual, whether it's Freddie or otherwise. Um, my biggest concern was my lack of City players and them playing Burnley and the record they had against Burnley. So, um, and, and I was nervous about not having Vardy as well, but I plumped for KDB over Vardy. Vardy would have come in for Wilson. So, I mean, this, this could have been a very different conversation if I... Uh, if I'd gone in a different direction, um, but no, it was it was keep faith with the boys, um, and uh, thankfully it paid off. But I have to say that Wilson, twelve, he scored ten points in the last five minutes of that Newcastle game, having literally not had a kick, and that really settled the nerves at the start of the game week to get to get him off and running. Uh, I, you actually mentioned at the time when we were talking that there was a bit fortuitous, but the consistency you've shown this month shows it's not fortuitous that you get in the points. Looking at your month, and I know I'm putting you on the spot because we didn't give you any time to prep on this, what do you think was the best decision you made in November to, to really seal this month for you? Uh, captaincy um, really has been the big thing. It was something that I got so wrong last year. Um, and I think I, I think I'm right in saying that since game week six, where I had Salah and he only scored two points, um, I think I've been I've got 15 plus for my captain every week. Um, you did indeed. And that, that that really has made a, a really big difference um, because my my defence actually hasn't been that good. Um, bringing bringing Jota in early uh, certainly has obviously played a major part, not just in. The fact that he scored four in five games um, at a at a price, you know, he's basically playing up front for Liverpool, and he's what six? I think he was six point three million when I bought him, um, yeah. and he's now six point nine. So obviously, just from a from a cash in the bank perspective as well, that's that's really good. Um, and the fact that I had Jota meant that I didn't feel like I had to get Salah back immediately, which again, um, I was I was pleased about. So. Um, I would definitely say just getting the captain pick right and just not trying to overthink it as I usually do and just going with the player with the best fixture who's got the most points, basically. Uh, listeners, you don't need to go into Tom's team and, and weep because yours isn't doing as well as his. His captaincy over the course of November, there are only three weeks in November, 18, 22 and 20. That is pretty strong work from captaincy pick. You also started the month with a bang. You started off with your wild card. So stealing Jeff's question, game week eight, you're pulling your wild card early. You left Taggart on the bench for 11 points and had a Bellerin one on the pitch. So big score in your wild card week that week, but not perfect. When you're pulling your wild card, what were your thoughts? Uh, it was a pretty easy decision. Um, it was, I'd been really hoping to keep the wild card for longer, um, mainly because I was worried about there being a big week of COVID uh, where people just got wiped out. And obviously that has sort of happened this week coming and I would, could have done with it now. But my team was a joke. Mitrovic, Jimenez, um, Trent uh, were just absolutely stinking out the joint. Uh, I had Mitchell and Taylor and Podence. Um, who just weren't scoring enough points consistently, um, and I and I really just needed to to change things up. The target the target one the eleven points that he scored was on my bench because I also had the Villa goalkeeper and I didn't want to have both of them at the same time. That obviously was Makes a sense. mistake. Um, but when you've got a, a premium defender like Bellerin, I, I don't really love leaving him on the bench either, to be honest. And he obviously did did score some points the following week, thankfully. Um, but yeah, it was it was quite an easy decision to pull the wild card at that time. And the big the big question was whether to keep the Spurs players or not. 
Um, and I decided to to stick with them. And both Kane and Son have scored, obviously, um, during that period. So not quite sure that they'll stay in the team for another whole month, but um, it, uh, it it's gone well so far. Uh, Podence was your uh, October version of your Jota for November, so they don't always go your way. Uh, last question from me. You're currently, what, 240K in the world? You've had top 10K finishes previously. Um, you, you've, you've always had very, you've had many very good seasons. This is very early to be that high, in my opinion. Is this a first view to be this high this early? I think first for quite a long time, definitely. Um, I mean, my last really, really good season was, uh, I, did, I, did, I think I was 20K in the world three years ago, but then 7K five years ago. Um, it, uh, it's really nice to be there early because it means that I don't feel like I need to chase. We know I'm not very good at chasing. I end up taking massive hits, massive punts, captaincy punts, etc. Um, and actually just being up there has allowed me to, to not have to take the hits, to be a little bit more consistent with my captaincy picks and to be a bit calmer about the transfers. So um, I, I, I still think it's pretty unlikely that I'll be able to keep the consistency up for another three months. Uh, if, if this month is, is anywhere near as good as last month, then I will be thrilled. Um, but looking at my team going into this week coming, I would imagine that I might have less good weeks uh, to come. But I think it's about not trying to panic and trying to um, trying to ride the bad weeks in order not to uh, really make it much, much worse as you go through the season. Quick one from me, oh. Tom. Just a quick one. You talk about taking hits. Um, you've taken three game weeks now. You've taken a four-point hit so far out of 10. Um, you've made 11 transfers in total. Are you conscious of making transfers? Do you, do you like to make transfer every week? Would you rather not if you didn't have to? Um, let's, say you, let's say you put up, uh, I don't know, uh, 68 points, right? And there's, the fixtures are generally the way they were the week before. Are you looking to make transfer because you've got a free transfer available to you? Or would you rather just, if you didn't have to, if you weren't pushed to, you'd rather not make transfers? So I think that the, the answer to that question is what means that I never do really well in fantasy football. Um, and the, I, I, I will very rarely not make a transfer in a week. I will start the week by saying, we don't need to make a transfer in this week. Let's leave it. Um, and as happened last night, where I had done that all week, I was prepared to go into the next game week without a goalkeeper, um, missing the Newcastle and Villa players. But I was thinking to myself, you know, that's fine. Just ride, ride it. Um, but I spend so much time looking at this because A, I literally watch every minute of every game at the moment because I'm at home with a very small child who wants to watch football with me um, at two weeks old. I mean, it's, it's great to have a two-week-old who's that into <laughs> football. Uh, I genuinely don't think I've missed a game for three weeks. I've seen every single Premier League game. And when you're watching them through the lens of a fantasy football game, it is almost impossible to get through that without making a change. And then you've got the delirium of being up with this child at two, three o'clock in the morning um, where, you know, you're having a look at your team. Um, you've probably had a couple of whiskeys too many to keep you going. And you just spot <laughs> something that you feel, you feel like you need to do. And, and I just am incapable of not making that change. It's something I wish I could get better at. Um, but uh, yeah, I, it's, I, it's, I working, it's working well so far. It is, I but, need to have a uh, word with my 
family situation, I have not watched any football. That's making it a little bit harder for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's some uh, parental lessons in here for me. <laughs> you've, you've, you've got to, you've got to build the equity through the week. Is my is my rule. Um, but Jeff, Jeff, the four the the three game weeks that I've taken a four point hit have been three of my four worst game weeks. And, um, you know, that, that, that really was the story of the early part of my season. I was luckily sort of hovering around the mid table and then didn't take a point hit the last three weeks. And I've gone from 1.6 to, sorry, 1.2 to 200K. I've gone up a million places in three weeks without taking a game, to, taking a hit. So I need to stick with that. Definitely. I'd well, so. chaps, between a manager of the month and two team of the weeks, this is turning into a back slapping contest. So I think this is a good place for us to let the four the listeners switched off hours ago. I know. We could have just had a just chat amongst ourselves. Uh, I've got some serious tinkering to do because Thomas just let me know that there are some games cancelled due to COVID apparently. So I need to go and look at my team. Uh, that's a good place for me to leave. So chaps, great fun as ever. Looking forward to the next one. As always. See you soon, boys.